Well, welcome everybody, and a big welcome to those that are watching online, especially if you're hosting a watch party. Thank you for making it possible for your friends and neighbors to worship in this way during this uh, crazy season. And welcome to our kids. We're so glad that you're with us today. Way to go. If you're one of our kids here today, give us a big shout out. Let us know you're here. Give me a big woo! Who's here? Okay, we've got a couple hands, a couple woos. All right, they're here. I see them. Y'all are awesome. We're so glad that you're here with us today. What a crazy day. No handshakes. No snacks. Oh, lots of hand washing and lots of smiles. I want to thank especially our staff team. Our staff team's gone crazy this week. Uh, throughout the week, we didn't know we were going to have live services, online services, both kinds of services. They've had to plan six different services this week, change things around. It's been crazy from day to day. I'm super impressed with them. And, and, and it's not just them, not just us that are going crazy. Everybody's sort of going crazy, right? There's so much uncertainty and confusion in the world right now. And you read one article, and it says one thing, you're okay, okay, I got it. And then you read the next article, and it says the opposite, and you, but it sounds pretty convincing. It's like, okay, that's what's going on. And then you read a third article, and it says both the first two were wrong, and you're like, okay, now I've got it. And then you don't know what to believe. But here's what we do know. Our God does great things on bad days. In fact, sometimes it's on the bad day, it's even easier to see the greatness and goodness of our God. And God's church can be at its best when times are hard. There is an opportunity for God's church to be at its best when times are at their worst. Last week, we were in this Good Life series rolling through the Gospel of Mark, and we looked at a time when the disciples faced a storm. And we talked about how the good life of following Christ actually includes storms. And we are in a storm. Last week, the, the focus of the message was, what is true about the storm? And this week, I want to shift just a little bit. I still want to talk about storms, but this week I want to talk about what do we do in the storm? Last week, we looked at Mark uh, chapter 4. Uh, they crossed the boat in a lake. Whoa, I almost lost my stand there. And a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still, and the wind died down. And it was completely calm. We learned some things last week about what's true in a storm. We learned that Jesus is always with you in a storm. And Jesus is with you now. We learned this, we weren't too thrilled about this, but that Jesus is often slow to end the storm. Most of us know this, that the storms of life often last longer than we wish they would. But, the good news is that Jesus will eventually end the storm. And you know it's not the end if there's still a storm. If you wonder, I'm in the storm, is this how things are going to end? Well, no, you know it's not the end if there's still a storm. Because once it's the end, the storm will have passed. And Jesus will have brought you through it. Last thing we learned last week that was true about a storm is that the storm is an opportunity for the testimony of Christ to advance. 
We're going to focus kind of on that one today because those four things are what are true in a storm. Today I want to talk about what do we do in the storm so that we can be part of bringing the testimony of Christ to advance. Now, and of course, if you want to know what to do about this particular storm from a health perspective, well, don't listen to me. I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on TV, okay? If you need general health advice, well, you get that from your doctor, from the Tennessee Department of Health, or from the CDC, or something like that, and they're going to tell you some super important stuff. They're going to tell you to wash your hands, right? They're going to tell you, don't touch your face. Uh, they're going to tell you how to sneeze. Kids, y'all know how to sneeze, right? Do all the kids here, teach your parents how to sneeze, right? We sneeze like this, right? Everybody know how to do that, right? We sneeze like this. Show me. If you know how to sneeze, I want to see it right there. Let's see some sneezes. Everybody in the room, we've got to prove you know how to sneeze. Okay, this is really important. Thank you. All right. All right, good. Because, because we forget, and we sneeze like this. We say, you know, come up here. I'm going to sneeze on you. And that's the opposite of how you're supposed to sneeze, okay? And that's all super important advice, and I hope you're paying attention to that. But the most important advice you need for what to do in a storm, for what to do in a storm, is going to come from God's Word. Okay? Now, there is one verse in the Bible, it's super important that we ignore during this crisis. And I don't say that very often. It's very rarely that I tell you to ignore God's Word. But right this minute, it's super important that you ignore Romans 16, 16. Greet one another in a, with a holy kiss. Okay? Nobody doing that today, okay? We're not even greeting people with holy handshakes today. It's like elbow bumps, foot taps, okay? But other than that one verse, the whole rest of the Bible you need to pay attention to if you're going to survive this storm. And in particular, I want to talk about the letter uh, that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. Because Paul was going through a storm. And they were going through a storm. And he wrote the letter to teach them what to do in a storm. See, you got, to understand Philippians, you got to know that Paul was in the middle of a storm. He had planned to go on a mission trip to Spain. But his plans got canceled by the government. Some of us may have had some plans canceled by the government. He got quarantined indefinitely, like some of you all feel. Except he was in prison, right? We fear a virus that we don't exactly understand. Paul feared the execution that had already been ordered on his life. And it's not just Paul in a storm. The Philippian church is in a storm. Persecution had broken out in Philippi after years of relative calm. And if, if, if that weren't enough, that they were under attack from the outside, internally the church is divided, splitting up into factions and fighting. And in the middle of this, a guy who is in a storm writes to a church that is in a storm and tells them what to do in a storm. I just want to go through this verse with you and just, just notice what Paul wants us to do in a storm. And my guess is you'll figure out what you need to do in this season right now. Here we are. This is Philippians chapter 4. I'll be in this text the whole rest of the time. So if you want to grab your Bibles, there's a Bible in the pew in front of you or do it on your phone. Uh, it'll also, words will also be up on the screen. All right, let's follow along. Here's what we do in a storm. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends 
all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Boy, I tell you, I would sure love it if God would guard my heart and mind right now in this season. You know what I'm saying? Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, you think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, you put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Walk back through that with me. And just, just be hearing from God's word. What do you do? In a storm. Verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Paul's first instruction. For, for, the, for the church in a storm. Is to keep worshiping. I am so glad that you are worshiping today. I'm so glad for the people that are trying. We've got almost 200 uh, devices logged in to our uh, online service right this minute. And that represents a lot more people because most of that's a bunch of people gathered around a, a TV or something. So I don't know how many people that is. That's a ton of people. I'm so glad that you are worshiping today because worship, Paul says, is an essential storm response. What do I do in the storm? First thing, I worship. Worship reminds us. Worship declares that God is in control, that God loves us, that God's goodness is bigger than the storm, and that it will be God who will bring the storm to an end. Your storm response starts with worship. All right, next verse, verse 5. Let your gentleness be evident to all. For the Lord is near. Now, this verse is curious. Um, it's a little bit hard to translate. Because the Greek word going on here uh, that gets translated gentleness uh, it doesn't exactly line up with any one English word. Uh, here are a few other translations to give you a sense of what it means. Uh, one person translated, let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. Another translator says, let your moderation be known to everyone. Somebody else says, let everyone see how reasonable and gentle you are. Or, or let people see that you are gentle in everything you do. An older translation writes, let your gentle spirit be known at all times to everybody. One modern translator said, you can be chill in the storm. Because the Lord is right next to you. I might put it this way. In the storm, the second thing Paul tells us to do is to let our calm be contagious. See, we know that the coronavirus is contagious, right? You, you got it and you rub up against somebody who doesn't got it, pretty soon they're going to get it. But so is calm. So is reasonableness. So is wisdom. And Paul says, I want you to be so reasonable, other people notice. I want you to be so gentle. And it's easy to forget to be gentle in a storm, isn't it, right? You're yelling over the wind and the waves, and pretty soon you're yelling at each other, and you're like, I don't even know what we're fighting about. I think we're just fighting because we read an article about coronavirus. I don't even know why, but we're just panicking, so we're screaming at each other. And Paul says, let your gentleness be evident to everybody. And you can do it because the Lord is next to you. 
In fact, that phrase, the Lord is near, leads us right into the next verse. The next advice Paul gives us for what to do in a storm. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I don't remember the first time somebody taught me what this verse teaches, but it might be the most practical thing I have to teach you. When I was taught it, it really did change my life. What this verse teaches is that when you want to worry, pray. That's what it teaches. When you want to worry, pray. I heard that a friend of mine who lives in Atlanta um, might have met somebody who might have met somebody who might have had the coronavirus. And I started to worry about him, you know. I know it's three mites, but I don't know. It's so crazy. And then I thought of this verse. And I figure if I got time to worry, I've got time to pray. So I was worrying and fretting like, I don't know, oh my goodness. And all I did was at the end I said, in Jesus' name, amen. And that turned my worry into a prayer. And you can do that. Turn your worry into prayer by offering your anxiety to God to take care of. And here's the thing, ready? This is, this, this is just so practical. You could start doing this today. It will change your life. It's this simple, ready? When you start to worry, pray instead. When you're done praying, you will be done worrying. If you're not done worrying then you weren't done praying. It's just that simple. Like, I, you're like, I've been praying for a while. I think I'm done worrying. And so you stop. You're like, oh, no, I'm worrying again. Well, then you stop praying too soon. Just go back to prayer. I'm just telling you, this works. God's spirit will come in and confirm with your spirit, God's got this. You can let this go now. When you worry, pray. When you stop praying, you will have stopped worrying. And if you're still worrying, that means you weren't ready to stop praying. And so just go back and praying. Uh, listen, I got, I got this little travel-sized bottle of hand sanitizer found on my desk. And the second most practical thing I could do is give this to somebody who's missing hand sanitizer. But the most practical thing I can do is teach you that little trick right there. It'll serve you for the rest of your life. When you worry, pray. When you stop praying, you'll be done worrying. If you're not done worrying, that means you weren't done praying. It's just that simple. He goes on. Verse 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lo lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Again, super practical advice from God's word. If you're going to make it through the storm, you're going to have to get your mind focused. I absolutely, I do want you to stay up to date with the latest from the CDC. I want you to make sure you're signed up for our newsletter so you're getting updates from the church. I do want that. But if you're spending all day, every day, watching NPR or Fox News or CNN or, or refreshing your news page on your phone or something, you will go crazy. Okay, they change their minds every 10 minutes. Uh, you, you can't let the, yourself do that, okay? Check in ever so often to see if anything really has changed. And then you focus your mind on what is noble and right and true and good and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. You keep your mind focused on Christ. 
I, I got one tip for this too. I'm trying to be super practical and helpful. This could help you focus your mind. Uh, you could join our online prayer meeting. We already have one started at 9.15 every single day except for Sundays. Every single day, 9.15. I'll be there every day I'm working. Uh, I might take a couple days off here, but uh, when I'm working, I'll be there too. But we got staff that are leading it. Uh, it we're doing it through Zoom. Uh, I sent out the link in the email. We'll keep sending out the link. You can call the church if you're having help, if you need help with the technology. It's easy. It's an app you get on your phone or on your tablet or on your computer. It's super easy. Anybody can do it. We can help you today. But you join us, 9.15. You get in on this prayer meeting. We're sharing prayer requests. It can be isolating right now because a lot of us are told we're supposed to stay in our homes or not go out to things. We don't want you to get isolated. Jump in with this. Get your mind focused first thing in the morning on prayer. Uh, and really, over the next couple of days, I think we're going to launch a bunch more of these. So if that time's not good for you or for you want to pray more often than that, we're going to make that possible. Get in one of our online prayer groups uh, starting this week right away. We'll help you figure the technology out so you can do that. All right, verse 9. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Paul's advice here is that we need to get active. Don't just wait through the storm. Respond through the, to the storm. What you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Uh, I, I might put it this way. Get active doing good. Get busy. And really, as a church, we need to be busy in this season. We're going to have, I bet, over the next couple little weeks, it wouldn't surprise me if we have fewer church programs, but we need to be more active as a church. That's what I think is going to be true right now. We need to be on the lookout for people that need help or people that get lonely. Think of the people you normally see, maybe on a Sunday morning, that you bump into and chat with. Wouldn't it be awesome if you just decided, I'm going to call every single one of them every weekend just to see how they're doing? just so they don't get lonely. We need some people to just get out in front of that, you know? We need people to actually do that. Uh, I will say, uh, we're going to be using a lot of online tools over the next little season. Uh, if you know how to do that, like if you're like, that's no big deal, I got that, I got, I got that figured out, would you please reach out to people that might not know how to do that? Uh, maybe, uh, we need some people who are going to host some watch parties. Because uh, the thing is, we got to keep worshiping but it's becoming clear that these larger gatherings might over time be a threat to transmission. So, but we can't stop worshiping. So what do we need? We need some people who know how to work all this online stuff to say, to call somebody up. Hey, I, I don't think you have internet at your house. Why don't you come worship with us on Sunday morning? Because the small gatherings apparently aren't the problem. It's the big gatherings. I will say, if you want to host, oh, give one real practical we had somebody this morning reach out to one of our staff and say, I want to stay connected, I want to worship, but I, I, it's not safe for me to come to church in the big group, um, but I don't, and I don't have internet access. Do you know anybody who would let me come to their house and watch and worship with them? 
So we do need people to step up and say, I'll host a watch party with two or three other families um, so that they can come and worship during this crazy season. If you want to do that, if you have the technology to do that, you know how to do that, contact Alexander Greer. He's going to be coordinating that for us. He'll train you and get that. And really, if you've got a laptop, if, it, I mean, if you know how to play Netflix on your TV, you can host a watch party. It isn't more complicated than Netflix, okay? And all of y'all, don't pretend you don't know how to play Netflix on your TV, okay? Y'all know, okay? All right, so Alexander Greer, A. Greer at FCC-JC.org. Um, we're we're going to need some people that are out there doing it. We might need some people. We've got a bunch of colleges have closed down, but we've got a lot of college students who have to be here anyway. We might need some people to host a college student. Uh, so we might need things like that. If you can do those kinds of things, let us know. Another real practical thing in this season, please fill out a connection card so we have your updated contact information. Today, if you're here live, you'll fill that out and put it in the basket as you leave, and I hope you will fill that out. Uh, for, for those online, just go to the website, use the contact form or the newsletter sign-up form. They're really easy to find, and that's a way to get us your updated information. One piece of news uh, that is kind of news as of this moment, just to let you know, after today's services, we are going to take a, a break through the end of March from on-campus activities. We think that'll give us enough time for us to figure out how bad this virus is going to be in our region, for us to let people catch up with testing and vaccines or whatever it is that's going to happen. This means that for the next two weeks, our Sunday morning service will only be online. So it really is important that we need people who are able, who can get this technology. So we got a whole week. If you're thinking, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to attend an online service. Great. Call the church office. We will talk you through it. We'll either connect you with somebody who lives near you who can host a watch party in their house. Again, not a big watch party. I don't want to hear about no 100 people watch parties. That defeats the purpose. Okay, we need lots of little watch parties. Um, but we'll hook you up with somebody close to you who can host you so you can stay connected and worshiping that way. Or we'll help you figure out the technology so you can do it yourself. Um, so we are, that, that's starting today. This will be kind of our last public gathering or, you know, kind of online gathering on this campus f through the end of the month. Um, if you're wondering what does this mean for midweek programmings and groups, we'll be communicating details about that very soon. Most of them will be transitioning online. Some of them were already taking a break for spring break. Uh, you know, our spring break for John City Schools is next week anyway. Some of them were already taking a break, so that buys us a little time. But most of them, we hope, can keep going online. Again, if you have questions about that, reach out to the church, sign up for the newsletter. We'll be communicating all the details about all of that through the newsletter and other channels over the next couple days. Expect a big email tomorrow with lots of details about those plans and links to all the different things uh, that are going on. Remember, as I said in my email on Thursday, in this season, we will adapt like crazy. Probably two or three times a week, we'll adapt. And we will respond to the situation around us with the wisest input we can get. But we will always love God in worship. That's never going to stop. We will love everyone we can in service. That's not going to stop. We will make disciples in community. That's not going to stop. And we will tell the story of the hope we have in Jesus Christ to our friends and neighbors. We will keep being the church. We'll just get really creative and do it in different ways and make sure the people around us are cared for. All right, I got one more lesson of what we do 
in a storm from Philippians chapter 4. Look at the next verses. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I just read those words and I want to know what Paul knows. Don't you want to know? Don't you want to know the secret of being content in any and every situation? Here's what he says. I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. For Paul, in prison, condemned to execution, he could rejoice and pray and worship and be calm and be active and be helpful and be serving. He could do all these things, even in prison, even while facing execution, for one reason. He had Jesus Christ. I hope you have Jesus Christ today. I, I just want you to know, the most important thing I can offer you is not the little travel bottle of you know, hand sanitizer that I knocked the old lady over in the store so that I could buy. This is not the most important thing I have to offer you. Okay? The most important thing I have to offer you is Jesus Christ. It's more important than washing hands, although doggone it, you better be washing your hands. It's more important than social distancing, although, although don't come up and hug me after church. The most important thing I can offer you is the confidence that you can have through Jesus Christ. Because if you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, there is nothing you have to fear. There is no situation you cannot handle. There is no enemy you cannot defeat. And death itself cannot stop you. Because Jesus Christ is victorious over fear. He's victorious over this world. He's victorious over your sin. And he's victorious over death. If you are here today, you can receive Christ today and begin a life in him. After communion, we're going to sing some songs. I'm going to be up here. Just come forward and meet with me. Let's pray together and begin a life in Christ. If you're worshiping with us online, you too could, could pray a prayer. Just, just say, God, I want to trust you. And then you reach out to us. You get in touch with us any way you want to. You email or call. You send up a smoke signal. And we will be in touch with you this week so that you can begin a life trusting Jesus Christ. Because that's what you do in a storm. You keep worshiping because our God is in control. You let your calm be contagious because you know the Lord is near. You turn your worries into prayers. And if you're, if you're not done worrying, then you're not done praying. You get your mind focused on what is good. You get active doing what is good. And you trust your whole life to the saving work of Jesus Christ. This confidence and victory and salvation and hope that we have in Jesus can be found nowhere else.